This is Sam Black with Drafting Archetypes, and today I'm doing something a little bit different than usual. So the full spoiler for uh, March the Machine is out as of today, but next week will also be before I've had a chance to play with the set. So rather than doing two different kind of overview preview episodes of March before getting into the actual March archetypes. While we have this kind of in-between week after a lot of people have been playing with Shadows Over Innistrad remastered, I felt like I would take an opportunity to discuss the thought process behind when you should potentially play more than 40 cards in Limited. This is going to be somewhat with respect to Shadows of Innistrad Remastered kind of as a touchstone for this idea, but I'm really looking at just the general theory about how to think about whether or not you might be in a spot where you should be playing extra cards. This isn't exactly a particular archetype for a particular format, but it is kind of the cornerstone of a structural archetype in general. So that's it's a question that people ask about a lot. So I thought it would be a good time to discuss it in light of recent formats and where we're at scheduling-wise. So getting to it, of course, as always, the notes are available at patreon.com slash draftingarchetypes for those who want to follow along. So kind of like biggest first question, the prerequisite for playing more than 40 cards is that you have a reasonable expectation that you'll see every card in your deck a meaningful portion of the time. When I say see every card in your deck, I literally mean at some point you will look at the front side of every card in your deck. That could be drawing cards, it could be milling cards, it could be if you literally just cast a single tutor that can choose any card in your deck, it could be then you see your whole deck. It could be casting a lot of like impulses or similar effects where you get enough card selection to dig through your entire deck. Any, anything that results in a game where you'll be able to see every object is, again, that's the prerequisite for considering playing more than 40 cards, which is to say any deck where you don't think that you will see every card, you should not play more than 40. The other part, part of this, as I said, where this will happen a meaningful portion of the time. Now, this isn't a rule, it's a guideline, and so meaningful isn't, there's not like a strict definition here. The way that you should think about what meaningful means is every time you play a game and you don't see every card, your deck is slightly worse for the fact that it was more than 40. Therefore, you need to uh, get enough value out of the extra cards in your deck when you do see all the cards to balance that out. So meaningful is wherever you believe that the benefit uh, when it does come up outweighs the cost when you're not getting that value out of that benefit. So the reason that I say that it costs you something whenever you don't see every card is when you see a random portion of your cards, you're giving up some of your control about which of those cards you see by playing extra cards. And presumably, your cards exist on like a spectrum of how good they are in your deck. And the like more cards there are, you know, there's always going to be a bottom of that spectrum. Again, bottom contextually, like 
Maybe you're diluting some other synergy. Maybe there's some single great card that you want to draw. When you add other cards, you make that less likely to happen. So even if you know you didn't draw that extra card, you know maybe you were going to play 40, you played 42. I guess if you know these are the two cards that I was going to add, I didn't draw either one of them, then you could say, well, it didn't cost me anything to be playing those. And to some extent, that's true. But it did cost you a little bit just in terms of the predictability of your draw steps. You were a little bit less able to plan for uh, what you were going to draw because there were more, more possibilities. But for the most part, it didn't really hurt you. But it always could hurt you and it can't really help you unless you're in a spot where you're going to see all the cards. If you're going to see all the cards, now it's giving you some amount of insurance against decking, some amount of extra card selection. It's giving you something that could potentially be valuable if you're seeing all the cards. So the issue here is that weighing the costs versus the benefits isn't really that easy. How much does it cost you that you've lost a little bit of consistency in those games where you don't see everything? And how much better is your deck when you do see everything? These are both like pretty murky and very much uh, for me and I think most players and most of our ability to like process the implications of these things a little bit more on the art side of things than the science side of things. A lot of it's going to be just like, do you feel like you're getting more out of this? Most of the time, so, so let's add some heuristics to help with getting a sense of this art. Most of the time, uh, playing a larger deck for card selection purposes isn't worth it. It's generally not worth like putting two extra cards in your deck because you have one, maybe like a strong tutor effect. Like maybe you're playing a Strixhaven draft and you have actual demonic tutor. And so you're like, oh, well, here's a card that I wasn't going to play. Maybe it's like a disenchant type thing, but I'll put it in my deck so that I have the option to find it with demonic tutor. Like maybe you do want to play that card because you can find it when you want it and you otherwise wouldn't want to play it. But you should probably just cut a different card instead of adding it. Because, you know, you have some other worst card, and it's not like you needed to have 41 for the card selection from Demonic Tutor to be strong. So if you're, like, adding card, like, changing the composition of your deck because of tutors, if you have enough tutors, it makes a lot of sense to include some bullets. But most of the time... You sh that's not a reason to play more cards. It's just a reason to like think about uh, the diversity of outcomes of effects of your cards a little bit differently and put more weight into playing a wider variety of tools. And that's even more true if instead of actual tutors, you just have a bunch of impulses, cards that let you look at you know three or four or five cards at a time and choose one of them and put the others back. If you have a lot of that, you might be able to get through your whole deck, but at any given time, you're only going to have access to the cards that you're seeing from it. And when you play more cards, you're again kind of decreasing the odds that you're finding whatever your best cards are with it. So for the most part, tutoring and impulsing are generally not good reasons to play extra cards, though they could be good reasons to 
build your deck a little bit differently with the information that you're going to have more card selection. So most of the time that you're playing more than 40 cards, it's not about that, and it is instead about an expectation that you'll draw or mill every card in your deck. And there, it's pretty big, right? Like, you turn a loss into a win if you would have literally decked yourself, and instead you get to keep playing in a late game where you're doing powerful stuff based on the fact that you've gone through every card in your deck, and presumably your deck does something good with them. A lot of the time, your decks that can run out of cards don't actually have to run out of cards. Like, you have enough control over how you use your cards that you can avoid decking yourself. And so that could be, you know, maybe at some point you get to a point where you can't flash back your Forbidden Alchemy because you would deck yourself, or you have to stop triggering your Crawling Sensation, which is the um, two and a green uh, enchantment that at the beginning of your upkeep you may mill two cards, and when you mill land you get a 1-1. One, one. There, there are a lot of, you know, maybe you just have to, like, stop casting card draw. Maybe you have some kind of, like, draw X spell, and it's very late in the game, and you could cast X for a really big number. But if it's too big, you risk decking yourself, and you so you cast it for a smaller number. There are a bunch of those spots where, you know, you might not actually kill yourself, but you would get a little bit more power if you didn't have to take your foot off, your foot off the gas there, and you could just kind of keep doing your stuff and going through more cards. So a lot of the time, what you're really looking at is how much stronger is your late game if you get to keep doing that stuff versus if you have to stop doing it. And a really important thing to consider here is you might have a deck that regularly gets into a spot where you do have to kind of release the pressure there and stop going as hard as your deck can on milling yourself. And that makes your deck weaker in that late game than it would be if you had more cards. But even that isn't necessarily a reason to play more cards, because what you are probably concerned with isn't, do I get to stunt on my opponent super hard in the late game? What you're concerned with, assuming that your goal is to win as many matches as possible and not to go off as hard as you can, which I will acknowledge different players can have different goals, but assuming that your goal is just to win more matches, then you all of those late games where you have to kind of stop doing your thing, if you win anyway because your deck has a very good late game, then that cost doesn't matter. And... The games that you lose because your start wasn't as smooth as it could be, or you drew weaker cards early because you were playing extra cards, you know, that does matter. So you need to think about, like, not just would my deck be stronger, but will I win more games? If the format has more decks that can compete with the late game of these late game decks and going bigger than the other person, um, in the end game is likely to matter, then it's more likely that you should play like bigger decks. Whereas if any of these decks are expected, just go over the top of whatever you're playing most of the time, then that would not be a reason to play more. In Innistrad, we see an exceptionally large number of big decks relative to other formats. And a lot of that is because the payoffs, uh, like Nod of the Bone and Spider Spawning and Rise from the Tides, scale based on the raw number 
of cards of a certain type in your graveyard. And so the more cards started in your library, the higher the ceiling of these cards is. And so the cards themselves have a stronger impact the more cards that you play in a way that's a little bit different than just like, well, how much can I keep drawing cards or whatever? And these, so th those cards also like really encourage you to go really hard on self mill. So you're both like more likely to be in a spot where you really do see all of your cards all the time. And then those cards, when you do see them, are a lot better because you've been able to go harder. And so those end up being really compelling reasons to play more than 40 um, compared to most incentives in most other limited formats, which again is why it seemed like now is a good time to talk about this. So that's different than something like Dominari United, for example, where there was like a self mill deck and you could like mill yourself a lot with Eerie Soul Tender, which is the three mana three one that milled three when you played it. And then you could uh, exit from your graveyard to get a creature back. Like you could mill yourself a lot with that. But uh, outside of rare, the payoffs for milling yourself with stuff like making your Writhing Necromass um, or your Talarian Terror uh, cost one mana. And so after you have your, you know, six creatures or six instants and sorceries in your graveyard, going further than that doesn't change anything. So it doesn't like scale indefinitely the way that Spider Spunning does. And in a 40 card deck with a bunch of self mill, you'll be able to get your Writhing Necromass down to its minimum or down to a low enough casting cost where playing more cards to mill more in the late game like doesn't scale up the power level of your Necromass in the late game. It's still just going to be a 1-mana 5-5 death touch. And so that means that in that situation, there's less incentive to go to more than 40. And so um, it was uh, correct significantly less often because the rewards just didn't scale the same way. Another very related thing that decks can do that you want to be thinking about here is looping. Looping being the word that I use for any time that you have an ability to put cards from other zones, usually your graveyard, back into your library such that you don't run out of cards to draw. You have kind of a, you know, perpetually refilling library. And when you can do that, it's a lot less likely that you're going to want to play more than 40 cards because usually those decks that loop are stronger the smaller the deck is. Once you start getting to the point where when you put a card back, you're very likely to draw it again very soon, you start getting a ton of control over your draw steps and you get to reuse your best cards very frequently. Whereas the bigger your deck is, the harder it is to like get to that point and to see any tangible reward for your ability to like put these cards back in your deck. So it's very unlikely if your deck has a way to loop that you want to play more than 40 cards. There are exceptions. For example, if you have spider spawning, then you have that situation where, you know, your card scales based on how many cards are in your graveyard. And you might want to start looping with more cards in your graveyard so that those things that scale based on the number are bigger. Um, you know, maybe you'd never flash back your spider spawning and instead you just keep putting it back on the bottom of your deck and drawing it again. And you want to be making, you know, 10 spiders each time instead of seven spiders each time or whatever. That could be a reason to go bigger. But again, once you're in that spot, it's pretty unlikely 
that that's going to be the difference in between a win and a loss, which means that it's a little bit less likely that you're going to want to play more. The other reason that you might want to play more than 40 if you have the ability to loop your deck is if you're really, really good at getting to that point, but meaning that you're going to like mill yourself a lot or draw a ton of cards, but you're worried that your opponent might disrupt your ability to loop your deck. And so you might, you know, be in a spot where it's like, well, maybe I won't deck myself, but also maybe I will. And if you have more cards, it's just a little like a little bit safer. That could be another reason. Alternatively, one last consideration for playing more cards when you can loop your deck might be if there's a card that's bad to draw early or in general, but valuable to have as part of your like endgame loop. So kind of like the tutor situation where you specifically don't want to cut something for it because you don't want to you don't want it to be more likely that you're going to draw that card, but you do want it in there uh, for late game purposes. Even then, still somewhat unlikely that you want to go bigger because again, each of the other cards are competing with each other in terms of like, well, I can just cut this other thing and then I'm more likely to draw my other cards instead. But it's conceivable if there's like a card that you don't want to draw but do want in your deck that is like a bigger outlier in power level than the gap in your good cards. Uh, But this is getting like corner case enough that it's almost not worth mentioning. So if that's confusing, just don't worry about it. So uh, yeah, for the most part, the ability to loop your deck is an argument against playing more cards, um, despite the fact that the decks are structurally similar. Like both decks that loop and decks that want to be big have like a lot of card draw, self mail, ability to see a lot of cards, and then they just have a different way of kind of maximizing that or minimizing the you know cost or failure states of uh, having that kind of setup. So the next question is, if you have decided to play more than 40 cards, how many cards should you play? So to start with, for each individual instance of the decision to add an additional card, you need to apply the first principle again, uh, which is to say, as you add more cards, it gets less likely that you'll see all of them. And If at any point you reach the point where you are no longer expected to see every card in your deck, you've gone too far. That said, the difference between, oh, I'm pretty sure I'll see 40 and I'm pretty sure I'll see 45 is not really that easy to estimate in deck building. But, you know, that that principle still applies and is still, you know, basically a hard rule where like it's you've clearly gone too far if you like start playing the games and you don't get close to decking yourself or seeing every card or whatever more often once you've decided to go big you're just like well i can see an arbitrarily large number of cards in the range of games that i might play in limited so i just want to play all of my good ones is where i often end up and then it's just a question about like how good is good enough to add And basically, like, you know, the the weaker a card that you add is, the more it's pulling your average power level down. In general, adding good cards isn't really that great because of, you know, just like generally uh, making your deck less consistent and making it less likely that you draw your best cards. 
So like adding a card that's actively bad or like noticeably worse than your other cards is almost never worth it. Like if you if you didn't draft enough cards that are of a comparable higher level, then you probably just shouldn't play more cards. A note that's pretty easy to overlook when increasing the size of your deck. If 40% of your deck is mana, you will draw closer to that 40% on average if your deck has 40 cards than if your deck has 60 cards. The larger your deck is, the closer the probability is to draw and replace versus draw and not replace. Each draw changes the probability for your next draw, and therefore the less you deterministically have to balance out your average draws. So there's a hidden cost to your deck's just like fundamental consistency and like drawing the right ratio of lands and the right colors. Even if you keep everything at the same ratios, as you get to a larger deck, you just draw with a higher, like there's a higher variance to your draw steps. Um, and so there's like an extra unseen cost there if you aren't thinking about that. So that's just another extra cost to playing big that's worth keeping in mind when doing your like cost-benefit analysis here. So the one other point that I want to talk about with playing more cards is the other time when I see people discuss playing an extra card, which is playing literally just a 41st card uh, for mana ratio purposes. So like if you're pretty sure that your deck wants exactly 16 and a half lands, and if you play 40 and 16, you don't have enough mana. If you play 40 and 17, you have too much mana. Then what if you play 41 and 17, and now you have the perfect ratio? I used to do that uh, not infrequently many years ago. I haven't done it in a long time. I'm not 100% sure that it can never be right, since like it does make sense that you know there is an ideal amount of mana for your deck to have and playing a deck that has the exact right amount of mana does seem better than playing a deck that has the wrong amount of mana but i'm not really convinced that you can be sure enough that it's supposed to be exactly that much and that like the benefit of having exactly that is worth like the risk of drawing a worse card and stuff like that so I think a vast majority of the time that people actually do this, it's just that they don't want to figure out the last spell to cut. And I would strongly advise against uh, playing 41 cards for this reason. So my, my advice in general is while I could imagine, like I'm not sure that it's always wrong to play a 41st card for your mana ratio, I'm reasonably confident that you shouldn't do it at any given time when you're thinking that maybe you should. So that's it. Those are the points that I was able to think of uh, by myself, but I'm certainly interested in if anyone else have any has any other questions about any situation where you may or may not want to play extra cards that I haven't fully expanded on. Now would be a great time to ask those and chat for people who are uh, watching live. While I'm letting people get some of those questions ready, I want to thank my newest patron of the week, uh, Adam. Thank you so much for the support. If anyone else is interested in 
supporting the podcast, um, maybe taking advantage of coaching discounts and stuff like that, be sure to check out patreon.com slash drafting archetypes to see if that's uh, something you do want to pursue. So uh, questions from chat. Do you think there's a need to play more than 40 if there's a card in your deck you want to draw one of, but not multiples? Uh, something like you have five gathering thrones. That's an interesting case. It's kind of in the tutor space, right? Where you've searched your library at some point, and so you've seen every card, um, but you didn't see every card the way that a tutor does in that, like, you, it's not like you had the option to take other things, but you did have an option to take your gathering throngs from wherever they were in your deck. And so I do think that that situation does like line up with the tutoring situation because it is a card that like gave you value out of the composition of your library uh, in a way that you had control over. And certainly in a way where you did, there was like a cost to, you know, like if you're playing only 40, five gathering throngs might mean that you have too many three drops. And it also is just like, it's really bad to draw two of them. Whereas the bigger your deck is, and, you know, if you imagine, well, what if you can play any number of Gathering Throngs, right? What if Gathering Throngs is just a basic land? Uh, or what if you somehow drafted 13 of them? And you're like, well, there's no way I want to play 13 Gathering Throngs in my 40-card deck because I'll just draw, like, all Gathering Throngs and I won't have enough, like, other stuff. But if I, you know, maybe we were drafting an entire box rather than, like, each person is drafting 36 boosters. We're playing a really weird format. And, you know, that's why I have a million Gathering Throngs. And now I could play a 40-card deck with a million Gathering Throngs, or I could play a 100-card deck with 13 Gathering Throngs and just never run out of my Gathering Throngs. You know, it's it's not hard to imagine that it would be worth playing a big deck to have extra Gathering Throngs and not draw them. Uh, gathering Throng for people who, this is just a random comment from Streets of New Capenna, it's a 3-mana, three 3-1 three uh, that allows you to search for more copies of it when you play it. Um, there are a bunch of other cards like this. Any of these cards, if you have really large numbers of them, such that like there's a real risk to drawing multiples of them, could be a reason to play extra cards to like dilute your chances of drawing that while maximizing your chances of searching for. Did I mention boarding into more than forty verse mill? Not explicitly, but. Uh, I would say if you're playing against Mill, that's certainly a game where you expect that you're reasonably likely to see all of the cards in your deck. And then how best to do that, similar principles apply. But now you're in a spot where it's very likely that you'll see every card in your deck, especially likely that you'll see every card in your deck in games that you lose. Because the games that you lose, if your opponent's really a dedicated mill deck, are always games where you see every card. They've killed you by milling you. You saw all of your cards. So there's definitely, like, you know it's, you're either going to win, in which case, great, whatever. Or you're going to see every card. So you know the condition's going to be met. And so now the question is, can you add cards in a way that, like, doesn't cost you too much in the early game? Like, does you know, if you add 100 lands that it can't deck you, then you might not be able to apply enough pressure and they're just going to like get to do their thing so hard that it doesn't matter or maybe they have some backup plan and they kill you with that. But as long as your deck, you know, stays functional and you're basically just increasing your life total by putting more cards in, very, very easy to get paid properly 
um, because it's so likely to come into effect. In these spots, I generally still stick with the put all of my good cards in, don't put any of my bad cards in type rule. But if my opponent is specifically like very committed to milling me with cards that mill a finite number, like my opponent has like one or two spells that just say like mill 10 or mill 13 cards, and then they're just like hoping that kills me and they're going to hang out, then it's great if I just play, you know, 10 or 13 extra cards and they play their thing and that didn't deck me. And then they just kind of sit there and go like, well, whoops. Um, but if, you know, they have like a bunch of things that mill you for like three cards a turn, then there are spots where, you know, adding a couple extra cards might be nice, but it's, you know, even if you add like 20 extra cards, it only buys you like a few extra turns and that might not be worth it. So there's an anecdote here. Pre-release, their opponent played Seething Song, which is a three mana red card that gives five mana to play Arcslogger, which is a five mana four five. You can spend a red and exile the top 10 cards of your deck, maybe eight cards of your deck, to deal uh, two damage to any target. So they did that three times, and uh, this player was thinking they were just going to win by decking, but then saw that the opponent still had 20 cards left in their deck, um, and they lost. So the, the idea here is the Arcslogger player played extra cards because it made their Arcslogger better. And uh, then the question is, should that player have done that? Should they be playing extra cards just to make Arcslogger better? Arcsloggers are rare, so most likely... It was they were only going to get paid for that when they drew their Arcslogger, and they're making it a lot less likely that they draw their Arcslogger. And Arcslogger is good, even if you can't activate it that many times. But maybe, you know, this was a pre-release, maybe they happened to open two Arcsloggers, and they thought that they were, like, getting enough extra value uh, when they drew either one of them. And, you know, again, assuming that... Uh, they didn't have to play a bunch of bad cards to make this happen, and that they had a reasonable chance of finding their Arcslogger even with extra cards. I miss, This reads like it's talking about Original Meriden. I don't think that there were a lot of ways in Original Meriden to tutor for Arcslogger, um, but like it is possible for a single card to be a reason to play more cards. Spider Spawning is the best example of that, because the cards that enable it also find it. And so it by itself can be kind of like a full game plan. But with a card like Arcslogger that, uh, you know, you just have to draw it and the extra cards only make it marginally better, then it's significantly less likely that it's going to be right to do that. But certainly, you know, your opponent found a spot where they got enough value in that game that it, it you know maybe it won that game for them um and so when you're looking at you know the total cost benefit of making that decision you know it worked once is not a reason that it was a right decision but it can work there is a real benefit here is you know sufficient justification to ask the question to think about it Whereas, you know, if they don't have a card that's specifically using their library as a resource uh, in that way, then you can dismiss the question entirely and just say, well, if you never see all of your cards, we can just dismiss it out of hand is definitely wrong. Um, Arcslogger creates a situation where, again, 
you know, you can see any number of cards basically with Arcslogger because activating it tears through your library really, really quickly. Um, so it's certainly a card that meets the condition to raise the question, but that's very different than meeting the condition to justify any number of extra cards. But if you have a card that you don't want to draw at all, such as uh, a cube where you have like Natural Order, Green Sun, Zenith, and Progenitus, so a thing that you're playing as a tutor target, again, anytime that happens, you're playing it because you have a way to search your library for it, and so you've met the condition for can search your library. That means that, you know, it, you're back in the, well, we've established that it's worth asking the question because we've established a good reason to do it. As for, you know, is, well, my card gets worse if I draw this a reason to play more cards to avoid drawing it? I think that what you should be hoping for in that spot is just to have a second good tutor target for your natural order. So that, like, if you draw your progenitus, you can still, like, get something else. Or have some kind of way to, like, discard progenitus since it shuffles itself back into your deck. Or a way to, like, put it back in your deck um, if it's something, if it's not exactly progenitus. Um, or even if it is, you know, look for brainstorm or whatever. So, like, that's the kind of spot where, yes, like with the Arc Slogger uh, situation, it's enough to raise the question. But I think it's rare that the correct solution is actually to play extra cards to make it less likely that you draw that thing that you're looking for. Someone else notes that the mulligan rules also help some with that issue and that like, you know, you mulligan your opening hand if it has this card, uh, you know, unless your hand is really, really good otherwise. And then if you mulligan into it um, with your second mulligan, you get to just put it on the bottom and you've solved your problem. Incidentally, the mulligan rule also just like lets you see extra cards but I, I don't think that it does that in a way that is, you know, ever going to be a justification for playing more cards. Do you play a higher proportion of lands in big decks because of the decreased consistency? So, I certainly understand the temptation to do that. Of course, the issue is that the decreased consistency also increases your chances of flooding. So, you know, given that, like, the mana ratios that we choose to play are currently designed to kind of balance uh, having too many lands about as frequently as you have not enough lands uh, and understanding their costs on both sides, moving to a higher ratio uh, just means that you're more likely to hit the costs of having too many. So it's not like a fix for the problem. You do need to assess, like, is my deck more capable of winning when it draws not enough or when it draws too many? And uh, you might want to choose a different number based on understanding that you're going to have a wider distribution of outcomes and thinking about where in that wider distribution your tolerable range is. But just play some extras isn't really, like, a clean solution to the fact that you have a wider distribution of uh, possibilities. It's not draft, but have you seen the somewhat recent elemental deck with 71 cards? <laughs> I, more than any other player I know of, have been advocating for playing extra cards in modern for a very long time. I actually wrote an article about an 80-card Death Shadow deck for the purpose of having better mana significantly before uh, like Yorian was printed. 
uh, when Yorian was banned and people talked about like how they were going to fit all the things that they were used to playing in like an Omnath Yorian deck uh, into a 60 card deck without Yorian. I was certainly advocating for, well, there's no reason you have to play 60 or 80. You just play the number of cards that like gives you the like mana and tools that you need in your deck that has, you know, maybe a Ladmer's Call and it just a bunch of fetch land. I think that the way that mana works in modern pushes very heavily in decks that are especially more than three colors to play extra cards. And I think that also, like, in addition to just fetch lands with the number of different good fetchable lands that exist, makes your make your mana way better with extra cards. I think there are also just a lot of very strong uh, tutors and card selection spells in modern, such that I think that playing more than 40, uh, or more than 60, rather, um, in modern is not done as much as it should be, though I think, you know, Yorian did kind of, like, open the door to teaching people about more spaces where that should be done, as seen in people doing it with, like, this elemental deck, where previously I'd only really heard of it being done in, like, Valakut decks. I guess that is to say, specifically, no, I'm not aware of exactly a particular 71-card elemental deck. But I, I... do approve of the concept. And having strayed into big decks outside of Limited, I'm going to assume that we have uh, covered the um, ground that we're going to cover in terms of big decks and Limited. So that's going to uh, conclude this episode. Next week, as I alluded to at the beginning of this, we'll be into uh, March Machine's previews and speculation and... uh, overviews of what i expect the format to be and then after that we'll be able to get into uh march machines actual archetypes uh since by then we will have gotten some games in so thanks for listening i'm excited to get to a new set and i'll be back next week to do that good week and bye everyone for light speed